Welcome everybody to SEC Update Live, episode 14. Coming at you live once again from Traders Brewing. I'm your host, Tosh Troglin, and as always on the other side of the glass is Trogue. What's, What's up, up people? How's it going? How are you doing, man? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. It was a great week for SEC basketball. And uh, as, as always, there's some interesting things happening in football, but we'll talk <laughs> about that later. Yes, if there's one thing that never sleeps in the SEC, it is football for sure. So, um, yeah, we had some big happenings this week in the hoop side. Um, most notably, Auburn. Just a struggle this week, man. An <laughs> they, absolute struggle. The writing was on the wall against Georgia. <laughs> Dude, are you reading my notes? That's exactly what I have in my notes. You, well, <laughs> you know, that game really had no interest for me. And then all of a sudden I get a text from Tosh saying, are you watching the Auburn-Georgia game? <laughs> so I flip it over there to check it out. And uh, man, oh man, it goes down to the wire. The, fight, the fighting Mike Potratzes. Oh, my gosh. They did everything they can to lose that game, and they did. Man, man. It was too bad. But then Auburn, and we talked about it last week on our show, a potentially tough road game at Arkansas. And Arkansas, if you did not watch that game, that's probably one of the most fun basketball games I've watched in a very long time. The crowd was absolutely into that game. So much so, when Arkansas had the ball on offense, the crowd was silent. Absolutely silent. <laughs> and then as soon as Auburn would get it's the ball. It's a football school. Right. <laughs> as soon as Auburn would get the, the ball, the crowd would take off. But the, uh, that was a fun game to watch. And uh, it, was a, it was a war of wills. And... Arkansas ended up winning it down the stretch. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Uh, they get it done. Um, you know, they were in control for most of that game and then kind of lost it there at the end of regulation. And how many times do we see that scenario? Oh, my and then, gosh. You know, that, that, that team just folds in overtime. And, uh, you know, it was, it was an ugly overtime. But, hey, man, we will take that win. Absolutely. So that uh, – Moves the Cats, you know, from three games down to two, <laughs> which I think this is a scenario that's just going to be agonizingly close. Man, oh, man. But, it, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say in that Arkansas game, and this, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Like I said, it was a fun game. But in overtime, Arkansas stepping to the free throw line and knocking down the free throws. I believe they were 11 of 13 in overtime. And they that'll they, get it done most times. That will get it done. Absolutely, it will. Yeah. And for I sure. did. I will say this as a sidebar. I thought the officiating in overtime was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that but, seems to be a trend here in the SEC. But it, it was. I mean, it was horrible both sides. So it's it just just one of those things. But it, it was a great game to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And it's just good to see uh, Bruce Pearl scramble and make excuses and all kinds of stupid shit, Yeah, that, whatever. Yeah, to your point, I mean, he talked about how, you know, oh, our team's got tired legs, and, like, come on, man, everybody in the SEC plays that schedule. Like he needs to start resting his starters or yeah. something. <laughs> like, come on, man. But, Dude, you know. You're not coaching the Lakers. Right. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. What is that called when the, your starters sit? Uh, they, 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 they sit themselves. I, I, I don't know. I can't remember. It's but an NBA thing. How right. would I know? Complete. Complete. <laughs> so we talked last week about that three, four, and five, and that was Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi State. Arkansas and Tennessee both went 2-0 and this week. Mississippi State went 0-2, and so things have changed in the SEC. But we'll talk about that later because, as we've said before, hard Kentucky lean. I'll tell you what, man. Yeah, uh, a couple of solid road wins for the Cats. Um, an 11-point W at Alabama. Awesome. But, man, there, there were some red flags popping up there, Trogue. Uh, Alabama got 12 offensive rebounds against Oscar Schwebe and these cats. I mean, that's, I mean, they're not a big physical team. They're kind of long, athletic, you know, like Arkansas, like Auburn. But man, if you give up 12 offensive boards, dude, that's something that you just need to take care of. And it, you look at Schwebe as one of the top. If not the top rebounder in the SEC or the I'm, country, yeah, and it's it's I'm sure it's tough to do game in and game out. So a little bit of help there, cats. Let's let's, yeah, let's make that like, happen. It, it seemed like they were getting out quick to the ball. I mean, he's physical, um, but yeah, I think he was just getting beat to balls, which that's what she said. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> So hopefully that's something that uh, the cast can get cleaned up because that really just kind of rolled into the uh, the South Carolina game. Yeah. Um, but you know, going back on a positive note to the Alabama game, the Cats did have five dudes in double figures, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. including Damian Collins, who had uh, just not logged many minutes, and it was a, just a huge surprise. And this is one of these five-star freshmen that come in. They can't find minutes on the floor, and you always start to wonder, man, is this guy going to be a transfer portal dude? And, I mean, I've got five guys that I can think of on this team that I think could be transfer transfer portal guys just because they're not getting on the floor. But, man, he comes in and makes the most of his time and gets ten points. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and you must be reading my notes. I had the five players and double figures on that as well but <laughs> I want to go back to the rebounding thing for a minute one thing that Alabama did in that game how many threes did they shoot oh, they man. shot a ton yeah. and I know they that's their MO that's their MO and they, they were not hitting so when you're taking those threes you're getting long rebounds so maybe half those half of the 12 maybe maybe, maybe but hey I'm Guards have to rebound. Okay. And all you got to do is block out. Fair enough. And I'll tell you what, if Alabama starts hitting those threes, because they're taking a ton of them, like Tosh said, that's their MO. Well, I mean, that's how they're knocking off these teams. I mean, they're they're shooting decently. I think they only shot, uh, or I think they only made two against Kentucky out of 20. It was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, it was was ridiculous. But to your point, if they start hitting those threes, that is one of those teams that could put together a run in the SEC tournament. Oh, yeah, definitely, and even in the uh, NCAA, I think. Um, then the Cats went down to uh, USC, got a W against the Fighting Frank Martins. Uh, always a, 
always a tough team down there. But again, rebounding, man. Uh, <laughs> it just kept rolling. They gave up 20 offensive rebounds. <laughs> hey, if you liked what we did against Alabama, hold my beer. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is a physical Frank Martin team, and they just outmuscled them and outfought the Wildcats in the paint. Um, with that said, uh, Oscar Schwebe, big O, uh, got his sixth straight double-double. Um, and he really, to close out the game in the last uh, five or six minutes, just scooped up literally every rebound. And that, that just kept the Gamecocks at bay, I think. Um, but another balanced scoring uh, night for the Wildcats. Six dudes in double figures Jeez. this time around. And Trogue, I'll tell you what, you've got that kind of scoring. I mean, that can take you to a Final Four. That can take you to a Final Four because who are you going to guard? You know, yeah. And if this guy's not going to get those points, then somebody else is going to get those points. So that's going to present. And then somebody's coming off the bench and getting those points. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, the thing I thought was interesting in that South Carolina game, I know one of the things that makes you nervous about the Cats, got to close out the game. You got to close out the game. And with 13 minutes left, that game, it was a five point game. Yeah, actually, at one point it was tied at 43. <laughs> yeah. And the next thing you know, you know, the Cats were up 14. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that's got to make you feel good. I know they've got a tough road ahead. Everybody in the SEC does, except Auburn. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Of course they don't. Right. So that's uh, it, it's going to be good uh, for them to have that balanced scoring, close out those games, rolling into the SEC tournament, going to make it fun. Yep. So, sticking with the, the front-runner talk, um, Arkansas, you know, up there in the front-runner, they're just a game behind Kentucky. Um, you know, we talked about it before, knocking off Auburn, but a, a huge week for them. They went 2-0, uh, got a win against Mississippi State. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, uh, it's a ninth straight win for Arkansas. Dudes are just kicking yeah, Muscle, absolutely kicking. Musselman's got them balling down there, and it looks like they're having a good time. JT Note is just owning the floor from the guard spot. Like Tosh said, they've won nine in a row. That's the best in the conference right now. But the interesting thing, rolling into this past week, they were not rated. So I think they're going to jump into the top 25. On the strength of that Mississippi State win. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're 19-5 and five overall. I think they should get in there. Well, Tennessee was 17-6, and six and they were rated. So, I mean, come on now. Yeah, but that's Todd Crane respect. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, man. Arkansas has got a stretch coming up, though. The toughest schedule probably left in the country. It might be, man. Uh, let alone the SEC. You said they have uh, the Vols twice? They got the Vols twice. I think they, they kick it off. At Alabama tomorrow. Okay. So then, that's going to be a, a challenge to follow up the Auburn game. Florida on that schedule, and they're they're fighting for seeding uh, and just a, a spot in the NCAA. And you talked about Arkansas only being one game behind the Cats, and the Cats come rolling into Fayetteville later <laughs> in the schedule. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, tough work ahead for the. Uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, again, 
the aforementioned volunteers. Uh, they kept pace with the front runners. Absolutely. Two, two road wins uh, this week, and that's always solid. Mississippi State and USC. Uh, but they've got a tough stretch coming up as well. Um, starts off, well, they've got Vandy. they got Vandy who, tomorrow, yeah, Vandy absolutely. Vandy seems to be clicking a little bit. Gave Kentucky all they wanted uh, a week and a half ago. Knocked off. Um, LSU. LSU, thank you. In Memorial. Tosh talked about that last week. <laughs> How tough was it to play in Memorial? Hey, man, I'll tell you what. I mean, if you want to make some money, start listening to South SEC Live. There you go. But they've got the Cats uh, at home. Always a tough game. They've got Arkansas and then at Missouri and still Auburn left on their schedule. So, shocking. Auburn's going to play another front runner. Wow. That's, <laughs> I can't believe it. That's got to be. It'll probably be postponed due to COVID or something. But Insanity. Insanity. Volunteers close out their SEC schedule at home against Arkansas. And that's a game that could mean something. Ooh. So. There you kind go. Of put, kind of put that on your uh, radar, folks. Yeah, yeah. So, Trug, what you got anything else on the this middle of the pack mess? Well, welcome to the Florida Gators. Uh, <laughs> they won two games this week as well. And so they went from ninth place last week, and they're up to fifth. And they're in fifth free and clear. So we had a bunch of teams at four and five last week. Florida excelled, won two games. They're at six and five. Kind of just sneaking in there. They're, we're going to get a gauge tomorrow when the Cats come to town. So let me ask you this. Uh, so you're Florida. You just need, at this point, to start. You just need wins, right? Yep, absolutely. So what's better off in the SEC tournament? Do you want to play on Thursday and try to get that extra W? Or if you're Florida, or do you want to try to move up to number four and get that bye? You've got to try and move up and get that bye. You look at the teams that are in front of them right now. You really have only got two good chances to take over, and that's the three and the four spot. One and two are going to be taken. Three, four, and five, you're going to battle for those. And that's what's so impressive about Florida separating themselves from everybody below them. So that's going to leave you Tennessee, Arkansas, and Florida. Yeah, now you're just looking up, and you're not looking beside you. Right, right. So, and yeah. you've got... The thing with Florida, though, is I think they've only got they've got the Cats twice. They have the Cats twice. Okay, so yep. you've got a couple of chances to beat, and you've got Auburn, so you've got three chances to beat a team in front of you. But that's it. You're going to be playing teams under you, which you're going to be expected to win those games anyway. You've got to win some of those three games in front of you in order to move up. Well, hopefully they'll just win one of those three. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and we'll let you. We'll let you all talk amongst yourselves to see which which one that is. Excellent. Anything else on that middle pack trope? You kind of wonder about Vanderbilt. Are they starting to put things together? I, I, I mean, they won two games last week. They're sitting so. there at five and six, so they are at least within striking distance. They're yeah. within touch. And you saw how much, you know, with that middle of the pack bunched up so tightly, um, you know, you do a 2-0 and week, and you can go from ninth to 5th. 
or 10th to 7th or 6th. From, from Wednesday to Thursday, as we like to say, as the tournament starts rolling around. <laughs> That's it. You don't want to play on, Absolutely. on Wednesday. And really, if you look at the remaining schedule for Vandy, it's pretty favorable. I mean, they got to play at Tennessee, and they have to play at Auburn. But Alabama comes to their place, and Florida comes to their place. So I, I think things are going to work out for them. I think they're playing Thursday in the SEC tournament. They're not going to have to worry about Wednesday. Okay, mark the tape on that one. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, definitely. Other than that, that's all I got in hoop, Tosh, man. All right, well, let's go ahead and we'll take our first break. And we have a very, very special guest coming up. And we'll just leave it at that. But uh, it's someone we've been trying to get on for um, a number of weeks. And it's finally going to happen tonight. Um, so we, when we come back, we will jump right in. This You'll want to stay tuned for this one. Absolutely. Welcome back to segment two of SEC Update Live. Again, coming to you from Traders Brewing in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. Trobe, we always start segment two with what we got going on on our table. What do you have over there Absolutely. tonight, man? Well, you know me. I'm on the bottom right always, and I've got the Dairy King Milk Stout tonight. Comes in at 5.2. The bitterness is non-existent. <laughs> this is number it's two. only in the drinker. Oh, only in the drinker, not the drink. And it is fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. This is number two right now. What do you got over there, Tosh? Man, I have got a brand new on the board uh, IPA. Ruby Melon. Melon on my mind. Yep. <laughs> melon on my mind. Is that it? <laughs> melon shout my mind. Shout out to Neil Young. There we go. Come I on love now. it. But, man, I mean, this thing is awesome. Uh, the Stash IPA last week was off the chain, and this one is right up there. Um, and the, they always bring it with the IPAs, so that's why I'm here. I Absolutely. love it. Absolutely. And, love it. folks, we've been talking about this place for a long time. We've done our shows from here for a long time. We've got a very special guest tonight. Tosh, take it away. Man, we have been trying to get this gentleman on our show for a few months. And, damn it, here he is. Head brewer, owner, ISU graduate, <laughs> which we just found out, Bart Hensley. Bart. How's Thanks, going, guys? For, man, it's going awesome. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks man, for having me. Good deal. Good deal. So, man, like we said in the intro, we love your beers. We love your location. Um, how's it going for you guys? It's been going great. Um, I told you guys I had kind of um, resigned from my teaching job back in June. It's kind of a hard choice to make. And since then, just hit the, hit the ground sprinting, you know, brewing beer and serving beer. And I've got wonderful staff group of folks that tend bar for us and uh could be happier really so how do how do you move from teaching into brewing that yeah that's a really funny story my <laughs> father-in-law and i started brewing uh, together back when i was 20 right when i turned 21 he bought uh, a beer kit for me. that's a way to cover the legalities exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, he had been home brewing for a number of years and um started brewing together in his kitchen and then our mother and my mother-in-law kicked us out because she didn't like the smell uh, so we got kicked out Sacrilege. to the, uh, the basement back patio and did everything outside after that and um, 
we have a really good family friend that Dale has worked with uh, most of his professional life out in Massachusetts that opened a brewery, Brew Practitioners, in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, and I went out there and just was so intrigued by what Joe, the head brewer and owner, and his wife Tansy had kind of created out there. And I think Dale was too. And so we decided to kind of bring it here to Indianapolis. Dale's so how much time did you spend with these guys out there? Uh, we went out there right when they got their building and, you know, did paint, drywall, that sort of stuff okay. with them. Also, you were in there at the ground learning yeah. everything. Yeah, it was kind of neat to see them kind of start. And, you know, we went out there maybe a time or two after that and watched them brew. But um, really, I would just say kind of learning from Joe um, in Massachusetts and then just kind of doing our own rendition of it here in India. Yeah. So I've, throughout my adult life, this is probably covering... 20 year span um, you know I'll, I'll get the fever do some home brewing you know decide it's a pain in the ass not do it for a few more years jump back in so how many gallon batches are were you guys making uh, in your home at you know starting out yeah our, our first batch or my first batch is a five gallon batch which I think is kind of Typical, kind of typical, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The first batch, I had to do one of these. <laughs> kind of close your nose and drink right? it. Yeah. Um, but my mother-in-law and, and father-in-law and wife were very um, uh, nice about it. Kind of <laughs> gave me the courage to brew the next one. And from there, just kind of fixing mistakes and tweaking things. And awesome. Learn, I guess learning from, from previous mistakes. Yeah, brewing, yeah that's pretty cool. What was the first batch of beer that you made that you said oh yeah well i can do this yeah great fermentations here in indianapolis the homebrew shop has an extract kit called the bombastic ipa and that was one that me and dale loved to brew because we could just drink it and drink it and i, I would say that was the one that's like man I, I love doing this i love what this tastes yeah. like i love having something fresh in my glass every, every single sure. time i go to drink it um that was the first one that kind of kind of got us going down the route to where we're at now, I would okay. say. And everything that they do at Great Fermentations is, is kick-ass. I mean, that's it's really kind of for a while. the door for everyone, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to Tasha's point, I mean, they were there in the late 80s doing all that stuff, and you're thinking, beer? I'm I not going to make beer. I probably still have buckets in my closet <laughs> for these guys. I mean, absolutely. from their shop in Broad Ripple. Oh, okay. I didn't even know they originally were in Broad Ripple. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. the one by Beer Brewing on 65th. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, they were They were right there by um, the uh, uh, Broad Ripple Brew Pub. Okay, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um... Tell us about, uh, well, I wanted to bring up something. Uh, Trog and I have talked about this in the past. I mean, wherever we travel, not that we're world travelers, but wherever we go, uh, we're looking for a hotel, how close are you to breweries and, you know, this and that, and, you know, Nashville, uh, St. Louis, wherever. And uh, so we're always intrigued by some of these places that, that just have the ideal location. Yeah. You know, let's throw this out there. Sun King and Carmel on the Monon. You know, who wouldn't love that? But our philosophy has always been, you know what? You make great beer, people are going to find you. And, and lo and behold, here you are in, you know, an industrial office space in Pike Township. Beautiful Park 100. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Sunny, gorgeous Park 100 with a full house. 
basically I'll oh sorry I see two empty seats at the bar yeah. so it's not quite full um, and you guys have been here for a number of years yep. and uh, just to my point I think if you make great beer people are going to find you absolutely yeah it's, it'll be four years on St. Patrick's Day which is crazy to think it feels wow. like 40 years to yep. me but uh, four years on St. Patrick's Day we actually decided on this kind of general location because uh, a very centralized location my in-laws all live up in Zionsville. My wife and I live in Brownsburg. And so we thought, hey, let's find where that middle part is. Where do we always kind of tend to hang out at? And that's the 86th Street location. Yeah. Um, this area just worked out great. Um, we are kind of tucked away behind a gas station at 86th Street yeah. right here. Yeah. But like you said, I think with Google Maps and, you know, let the beer speak for itself. Absolutely. It's going to drive the customers in. Yeah, there you go. There's no question. We we've been to some great looking breweries. And the beer is awful. And had really, <laughs> really bad beer. No one in there. And I I can speak to that. I, I was actually I, I don't want to name the place, but I was up in Boyne, Michigan last weekend or two weekends ago, and um, found a brewery had a beautiful location. It was looking out over the hills and dales of northern Michigan, and that was absolutely the worst beer I've ever had. Yeah, it, was, it, it, it was terrible. Yeah. But as Tosh said, we love coming here because we're all over that board up there. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Troglin brothers covered. I, I do the right side. Tosh is on the left side. So we think your product is outstanding, and we love having you host us here uh, about every other Friday. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. That's huge, you know, and I... I like to think that the heart, you can taste the hard work, you know, and that's, oh, for sure. oh, I always tell folks that maybe aren't familiar with brewing is, it's making a mess for four hours, it's cleaning it up for two, you know, yeah. and, and I, I'm kind of glad that we're kind of to the point where we can have a consistent flow of customers and people enjoy the beer, you yeah. know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I've noticed that, uh, I mean, you're, you're putting more and more sours up there. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my And I had the pineapple one last week. Pineapple. And it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I like the strawberry one we have right now. Uh, we were down on a trip down in Florida this past summer, and it was just sour city everywhere you went. <laughs> and I, I got the sour bug, you know, yeah. and I came back up here and... Now, kind of let me stop you for a second. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that kind of a, uh, an easy progression for IPA drinkers to sours? To me, it seems like it is. You would think, yeah. I, I would think so. Um, because they both kind of have maybe a little bit of bitterness, but the presence there. Yeah. Right? Maybe a lingering yeah. presence. That's a great word. Absolutely. Um, That's and, why you're the professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, um, I don't know. We were just down there and... A buddy of mine was this big sour guy and has always kind of tried to talk me into doing a kettle sour and I've kind of been back and forth on it, but it's really the trip down to Florida and, you know, checking out some of their great breweries in the Tampa Bay area and I came okay. back up here yep. so I like, got to freaking do it. <laughs> nice. You know, I got nice. to. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you're doing it well, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So, you got anything uh, going on here at the brewery that you want uh, listeners to know about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we um, t- check us out on social media. We've got um, a band playing tomorrow, Red Tailed Hawk. 
Awesome. Uh, we're going to have news. a little bit of a Super Bowl party on Sunday. Um, and then our four year anniversary party will be, oh shoot, March, Saturday, March 19th. We're going to have some um, beer releases oh, and hopefully okay. just a nice gathering. Probably have a food truck or two outside, too. So. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. We'll look forward to that. Yeah. And that I, I'm sure we were here very close to that opening that opening date. <laughs> Had to be. Had to be. I mean, <laughs> yeah. when we, the first time we came in, your beer was getting served in the plastic cup. Yep. So oh, the, yeah. the glasses weren't even here yet. <laughs> we didn't even so. have a dishwasher, so that tells you... Uh, Kind of a little rags to riches story. Oh, awesome. So we love it. You can taste the effort in the beer. The beer is outstanding. Thank you. Really appreciate you joining us, and thanks for letting us take up some space on on Fridays for our show. Yeah, thanks so much, Bart. And, man, a pleasure talking to you. And maybe we can do this again. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys coming in. Can I get you guys a beer on me? Oh, well, hell, we're not going to turn that nope. down. <laughs> hey, we're going to take our break, and we'll be back right after this. All right, this is S-U-L. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Second three of S-U-L. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. And, man, a huge thank you to Bart Hensley owner, brewer, head brewer here at Traders Brewing. Trog, that was just awesome conversation. <laughs> that, was, that was a fantastic conversation, and we took his advice and tried the strawberry sour. On the house, by the way. Which we appreciate <laughs> not bad. very much. And we'll that, take that. I mean, you're a sour guy. I'm not a sour guy. So you say you like the sour. I get it. But when I say I like the sour, you know it's good because I'm not a sour guy. It's fantastic. Get in here and try it out. Man, and try anything on the board. It's amazing here. Yes, good stuff, good stuff. So, yeah, looking forward to having Bart join us uh, hopefully later on this season. We got a good one. We got a good one with him. That might be a regular thing. So, So. Tosh, I I got a question for you. Sure. So, you go 11-0. Undefeated, but you can't get in the BCS because you're on probation. Okay. You go 13 and 0, and you get left out of the BCS. Oh, all right. Then you're the national champs okay. in 2010, and then in 2013 you go 12 and 2, and you lose the title game. All right. What do those things have in common? Well, uh, being the SEC guy that I am, I know this one, Trog. Hit me. <laughs> These are the last four coaches to be fired from Auburn University. So then I guess the next question is, which one of these coaches do you think they'd want back right now? (laughs) What is happening with the train wreck on the planes? Man, I'll tell you what. Who do they want back? Uh, Man, you know what? Brad Stevens, this, obviously. I'm going I'm to rank these guys as as it, who who should Auburn take out of their previous four. Oh, right on. Okay. Well, that there's going to be a lot of Tosh bias here, but go, that's okay. Bring it on. Well, you know, I'm a huge. I, I love Tommy Tuberville. Right. Love him. Right. But man, you got to go with the Chiz. Absolutely. Is it the, is it the Chiz at the top of your list? That's, that, that's a no-brainer for me. Come <laughs> no on now. <laughs> so, a great number two guy at SEC. You know we love him. So Chiz, I mean, he's the nice. He's the one that won the national championship. You bring him back. 
Um, I also love Gus, Gus Malzahn. Absolutely, yeah. All right? He got to the national championship but lost. And so then I'm probably going with uh, my guy, Tommy, and I'm going with Terry Bowden at the bottom, which, hey, man, dude got you an undefeated season in the SEC. That's not bad. Didn't get to keep his job. Who's not on that list? I'm the current coach. The current coach. <laughs> Why? Because he's residing in a dumpster that is ablaze. <laughs> and does it show any signs of being extinguished? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Great job there, Auburn Boosters. You guys are making yourselves look like Auburn. Man, I'll tell you what. When a school institutes a new quote-unquote cooperation policy while you're having backdoor meetings, I'm thinking that doesn't look good. Well, and I... I feel bad for the guy because he's got to do every single thing that he should be doing because you don't want to give Auburn cause <laughs> to fire you. Oh, man. But you know what? It came out today, Trogue, that he's he's going to be around next year. Yep. So, uh, I mean, just craziness. I mean, the dude, he lost 20 transfers, uh, five assistant coaches, Um and you've got current players that are speaking out about how they were treated like dogs. <laughs> I mean, what's that going to do for your playing time? <laughs> it can't be good, right? Where, where, where did they rank in recruiting? <laughs> um, I'm thinking today probably a little bit lower than they were yesterday. I don't know. That, that could be. That could be. But, uh, no, I mean, it's uh, if they were to fire him without cause – uh, $18 million buyout. Uh, that would put their uh, payouts to $50 million for dudes that they have let go. Um, You're paying $50 million to people that do not work there. <laughs> and that's not a bad gig. I mean, you get hired to get fired. That's, all, that's almost like dressed up to get messed up, isn't it? Annie Crane, Annie. where are you at? Come on now. <laughs> She's not on the hotline. What's up? I don't get it. I don't get it. But... Probably most importantly, and as to why they decide they're going to stick with him, uh, second firing in 14 months. You know, the dude did have a five-game losing streak to end the season. And I don't know if you knew this, Trogue, when the, uh, the first CFP rankings came out, Auburn was 13th. So, I mean, that's in a spot where you can make a move. I mean, that's not out there at 25. Correct. You know, right. where maybe you get up to 10 and yep. you don't even get a sniff. This is a spot that you could get your into the, get your butt into the Final Four. But refer to the previously mentioned dumpster that is ablaze. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not so sure. Yeah, if we say dumpster fire, that's a trademark term and we have to pay. <laughs> So we did not say that. A blazing dumpster. <laughs> you did, we didn't say that, and you didn't hear it. So and it, so the bottom line, looks like Harson's going to be around uh, next year, which, you know, could be could, good cannon fodder for SEC Update Live. We'll be looking forward to it. I'm sure our Alabama fans will be uh, hitting us up for uh, Auburn fodder. So speaking of dumpster ablaze, switch uh, gears to uh, Ole Miss and try to figure out what is going on. Hang on for a second, Trump. Uh-oh. I just love that shit on 
There it is. Production value. Right. There it is. <laughs> so Lane Kiffin hires his brother from the Cleveland Browns to come down and be the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss, and a month later, the Cleveland Browns have Lane Kiffin's brother back on staff. <laughs> so, okay, let's put this into perspective. All right? <laughs> Who has – Who's got a better record? <laughs> so I pull you over here from Todd Crane's podcast. Okay. All right. You hang around for a couple episodes. And we don't do one. <laughs> You're like, man, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going back to Todd Crane. I mean, what's that do with the family dynamic? I don't know. It's going to be awfully uncomfortable at the uh, Memorial Day party at the Kiffin residence, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, man. Absolutely crazy. It's just one of those things that happen, and nobody has given a reason why, maybe, and it could be, the Browns couldn't get anybody to come and work for them. And it could be that <laughs> the dumpster on that defense was ablaze in Mississippi. We talked about it. They couldn't stop anybody. They could score points. They can't stop anybody. I mean, you're an NFL coach, and you come down there, and you see you see the defensive <laughs> culture. You see what you have to work with. And eh, I'm good. I'm going, I'm going back to Cleveland. Damn. It almost sounds like that should be a song. <laughs> I'm going back I'm going to Cleveland. Hey, I like it. It's a home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So it should be a song. It should be a song. You yeah, can't tell me it's not a song. I like it. All right. I like it. So then the, the last thing I, I want to talk about is, and we've had a laugh about this today. So I'm going through SEC News, and I see that the conference is paying $55 million. And I'm thinking, oh, $55 million to the uh, football schools for the uh, bowl game uh, season. And no, that's the SEC paying $55 million to each school for the year. That's I, awesome. I was flabbergasted, pleasantly so, but that is why we do <laughs> SEC Update Live. Power. Dude, I mean, that SEC network is just a gravy train. CBS contract. I mean, you've got, what, 13 bowl, bowl teams going in there. I'm sure the CFP didn't pay didn't much, hurt. didn't pay a whole lot of money, right? Oh, my I gosh. I mean, my gosh. So, you know, the rich get richer, and that's, that's how you keep building these awesome facilities. Uh, I saw some renderings from Tuscaloosa on their new proposed basketball arena. Looks a lot, or I should say has similarities to Hinkle Fieldhouse. Wow, okay. It that's actually, great. actually looks really cool. Really Very cool. cool. But that's how that stuff happens, man. Well, you would think that uh, that money should go to um, the academic programs because they are student-athletes. So maybe they built something nice on campus, and now they're going to build an athletic facility. Do you know they have it? I don't know that. Okay. Well, they might have a new library. <laughs> they might. <laughs> the UK library is really cool. Okay. And it's relatively new. So well, so is the K-Raj. <laughs> 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 All right. So 
a great, great show tonight. Again, thank you so much to Bart Hensley for joining us. Folks, you got to come out here to Traders Brewing. They, they do a great job. You know that because we've been here several times. Will not be disappointed. No, not. And there's going to be something on the board that you're you're going to like. Guarantee it. The only thing. Oh, what were you saying? Thank you so much, folks. Yep. And hey, like the great Colonel Santini said, Tosh, eat life before it eats you. Do it, people. Be nice. (laughs) We are out. Let you out.